listening to the Seven Rivers Student Ministry Podcast. We believe that all students are lovable through a relationship with Jesus. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can visit us at www.sevenrivers.org backslash students. Welcome to the Culture Cast. This is where we put on the gospel shades and look at culture. My name is Mikey Puckett. I'm and I, the student ministry director. And I'm Jason Awayhead. Uh, I'm it, Mikey's assistant. He's my secretary. Secretary, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, Jason's amazing. Jason just finished Hebrew. Hebrew 1. Hebrew 1. Hebrew, Hebrew one. 1. Two to go. Yeah, what's your favorite word? Um, my favorite word, that's a great question, Um uh, milchama. Wow. I want to say. Do you like saying it? What does it actually mean? It means family or clan. Ah. So, so. are we, are we milchama? Yeah. Yeah. Is that us? Yeah. Is that us? Is that you and we me? We can are say we? that we're a milchama. Awesome. And you guys are our family. And so we're going to, we're excited. That, right? Yeah. Milchama. That might be in battle. I might be mixing that battle. Hey, you're the Hebrew ex- expert. I, I got to so. look at my vocab. <laughs> oh, right. no, that milchama is battle. Mil- Jason, I think you failed. Hebrew I just, one. yeah, I just told you that we we are in battle. I mean, so accurate. Hey, I give you props for being courageous and being vulnerable and being and willing to say you're wrong. You could have just completely convinced us on this podcast yeah. that you were right. Yeah. So yeah. No, uh, you guys are our family, and we wanted to talk about the cultural things happening in this moment uh, through the gospel lenses. Uh, and so today, the first episode of 2021 is going to be about drumroll please the mandalorian oh he just said the mandalorian the mandal freaking lorian we're doing it and you know what we're going to give you we're going to give you we're going to give you our opinions on the show and then we're going to talk about what we affirm about it and what we challenge about it so buckle up we're full sending it this is the way this is the way (laughs) We're diving straight into The Mandalorian, season one and season two. We're going to talk about it through the gospel shades. Here's a quick synopsis, essentially, of the story. Episode six has occurred. Death Star destroyed in Star Wars. This is like between six and seven, maybe over overlapping with seven, maybe a little bit in the time frame. And essentially, it's episodes, you know, yeah, episode seven. It's essentially this in-between period where the First Order is about, which we see in Episode 7, 8, and 9, is about to be birthed, but it hasn't yet been birthed. And it's following this character uh, who is a Mandalorian, which is a certain kind of, I'm not going to like a tribe of the bounty hunter group, like Bubba Fett. And, and he essentially, we see that he's essentially really good at his job. Obviously, he, he's able to, he's one of the best. And he comes across, though, another character that looks like Baby Yoda, which we find out his name is Grogu. And 
we he goes on these adventures with Grogu. He protects Grogu, but he finds out that Grogu has these incredible powers, incredible abilities, and that he is something more than just a cute little baby. And he's there at first in season one. You're trying to figure out why What's is this, happening. Yeah, well, why is yeah. Grogu? Why is Baby Yoda so precious? And then you kind of find that out in season two, and then you realize, well, now. Grogu in season two, you realize that he's essentially spoiler. I'll give you a few seconds to mute. That he's a Jedi or <gasps> from the Jedi line. He was he's been, a, you know, he was a, being apprenticed, and and so at the end of season two, we get to see Luke Skywalker beast mode it and take Grogu. But the Mandalorian and Grogu have obviously created a bond, and it's really sad. It's really sad mm. when they have to separate. So, yeah, essentially that that that's kind of the synopsis. Uh, yeah, and and the big part of the story is you see this relationship between the Mandalorian and Grogu, and Mandalorians playing this kind of father figure for Grogu, and then you see them kind of break off at, at the end of season two. So we'll see what season three does, but that is like kind of sad, like leaving your your father figure mm-hmm. the one that's been protecting you guiding you that and and essentially the st- the question that's being asked in season two is will grogu will the mandalorian would they be able to separate and part ways in order for grogu to become who he's called to be which is a jedi mm-hmm. uh, or what he's been apprenticed to be and so you're kind of asking like are they going to stay together or are they going to separate and we see luke skywalker come and take grogu mm-hmm. away I don't know. I don't think there will be actually a season three. I think that's just like there's it's one of these short series. Oh, there's no season three. I could be wrong. Hey. I, I hope there is. Like or maybe like no, maybe it is just one like an two. off series of Luke Skywalker training Grogu. That would be awesome. Well, Jason, why don't you share your opinion of the Mandalorian? What did you think about it? Um, obviously, you've seen the Star Wars movies, but what do you, what do you think about this added to the uh, to the saga of Star Wars? So I th- that's a great question. I think it's. It was awesome. I enjoyed almost every. I enjoyed every episode. I don't think there was one I was like, "Oh, this is boring." I mean, they were all great, well done, well filmed, well. The stories were awesome, and I think through each episode, I'm like longing to know what's next. And I have so many questions when I start the show. Like, is that Baby Yoda? Like all these questions, and I'm like, I find myself googling like, <laughs> what, like these questions to see if like other people know yeah, more fan theories. Yeah, so. It's it was fun. It was fun to like be curious about what's next. What how is because this is the first show that Star Wars has had that's not like a cartoon or yeah. This is like part of the story in some way, even though it's like an offshoot or like um, it's still it might they can add more movies and this could be part of it. Maybe Grogu is part of the, like ten, eleven, twelve movies. You know we don't know. So it's just it's just fun. It's it's fun that the because I I grew up watching. The, the first six Star Wars movies and rewatching them and rewatching them, and so like to have the story kind of build, it's it's a little bit dangerous because you're like I don't I want to preserve the first six, but at this point, seven, eight, nine are built, and so it's just fun to watch. Um, it's just yeah, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, it reminded me of like a it's fun. It's like space cowboy kind of element to it. There's like this western feel yeah. to it. You know, you got you got you know the the music felt western. You got like the classic like Lone Ranger kind of element to it, which is a really old TV show, black and white. Uh, and yeah, what's that? Yeah, it's really old. I don't know why I watched it. Maybe like on TV land, uh, whatever cable network show. And then 
and then uh, yeah, you have this Western field. They they face a problem in every episode. Uh, are they? You're asking yourself, are they going to be able to solve this problem? There's overarching big plot being moved during the episode, and then they solve the problem, and then you're left with a cliffhanger, and you want to watch the next episode. It's very hard to space yourself out. I always have to wait. I can't watch it week by week. I have to. I had to wait, wait till it all done. came out, and yeah. then I just binged it for two days. You same, know? same. I'm also a huge fan of Star Wars. Uh, I thought this added to it. I think some of the other stuff, in some ways, and some of the new stuff has some in parts has taken away from it a little bit of what it was for me as a kid. But I thought this built on it and added it, and especially with Luke Skywalker showing up in season two at the end. That was epic. That was amazing. That's kind of like what you want to see because in, in episode six with Luke Skywalker, you're left going, well, we never really saw yeah. him in his moment of being like a master Jedi. Mm. And this is the first time you actually witness him in his prime. Like, like you know, obviously, no, not episode. Yeah, episode four, five, and six, you're watching Luke transform into a Jedi. He's yeah. become a Jedi now. You know, Death Star's done, Empire's done. And then in this episode, in these seasons, not this episode, but in these season one, at, at the end of season two, you see Luke Skywalker take on the master Jedi role that you've like kind of been craving ever since episode six was done so long ago. And so that was really cool. It was amazing. It was fun. It was CGI, which was very crazy. creepy. Yeah, very creepy. Yeah, it was bizarre. It kind of feels like you could tell watching it was like there's not a soul behind this character. Mm-hmm. But it still it still did the trick for me. I think for some people that's what people are most critical about is it they're like it looked really weird. But I didn't I didn't really care because I love Luke Skywalker. So Yeah, because the story was greater than the the, the character maybe. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. and there's no way of like having that character come back at that age. You know what I mean? Cuz he's he's right older yeah, now. Yeah, Mark Hamill is, yeah. is very old. <laughs> so it's like you can't have young Mark. Yeah. I mean, if there was, that would be awesome, but Yeah. And maybe we liked it more too because in, you know, obviously in the in episode I think, you know, uh 8 right uh we see luke kind of his character with its flaws more so it it is fun to see him before you know those moments of you know those flaws um see him in his prime you know that's that is really cool so oh and fun fact luke's i named my son luke after luke skywalker so let it it be known no i didn't but (laughs) well well, well, for this episode, for this episode yes, of the Culture Cast, you did. My son Luke is named after Luke Skywalker. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about the things that we affirm that we saw, and and maybe some things we can challenge. Uh, Jason, are there any things that you can affirm through the Gospel Shades in season one and season two of the Mandalorian and the story? Yes, um, <laughs> I think throughout. Um, this is me thinking on the spot. So. Uh, th- I think throughout the show we see uh, a bond, right, between the Mandalorian and Grogu or Baby Yoda, and just the way that the Mandalorian has adopted Grogu, um, and take like, uh, like Grogu is pretty much an orphan. You know, he has no family. His whole, I think, his planet was destroyed. I'm not sure this backstory, but um, but Grogu's all alone, and the Mandalorian, um, who's actually supposed to kill him. Like in episode one, he's supposed to kill Grogu, actually adopts him. Mm. And so in that kind of way, we're kind of adopted with Jesus. You know, we're, our punishment is actually should be hell 
But instead of killing us and putting us in hell, God has invited us into his family. And so there are, there are some parts of Jesus that we can see in this, in this show, you know, that Jesus has adopted us and, and is taking us and is walking with us in this journey now of, of glory, going, walking into glory eventually, you know? And so, yeah, I think that element of adoption, you know, it's not like written out specifically in the Mandalorian, but the concepts there Mm -hmm. of like, you're my enemy. I'm being paid to do this you know, to, you know, essentially eliminate you. I have seen you now and I show compassion and empathy for you. And now I take you under my wing and protect you from the enemy. Yeah. I love, I can affirm what I love about the storytelling in the Mandalorian season one and two is that there's a real evil. There's not this like postmodern twist to it where there's like, no, there's like real bad guys. Like people, and this is what we see in scripture. We see there's an enemy. We see there's a real evil out there that's twisted and perverted and we also see it in good characters and so you see it in the mandalorian you see it in the characters um, that there is still this evil that grows inside all of us some have completely submitted to that evil and have become dark characters in the story and you like grow to hate them and you want to see them die you know like and you know that's really good storytelling because it, it brings in the elements that we all know is true about our world and our culture and our planet is that there is a bad guy there is evil uh and and it is corrupt and sometimes though you know we can kind of make friends with that evil we can make friends and the mandalorian is very clear no there are bad guys there are good guys the good guys struggle and have a battle inside their own heart an inner conflict to either turn bad or to stay good uh, and they fail at times and they experience forgiveness and redemption uh because of community and friendship and loyalty and love and camaraderie. You see that in good storytelling. And I think the reason why we call it moments like that good storytelling is because it's so true to what we have all experienced. But we live in a culture and a world. So like to affirm the Mandalorian being brave and courageous in this cultural moment to say, no, there is like, there's going to be real bad guys. There's going to be real good guys. You know, we're going to tell the story, you know, like with that being clear cut, it's, it's just really enjoyable mm. because it just resonates with me in the experience of evil I've experienced here on earth that our culture kind of goes and says, hey, like that's not so bad, you know, yeah. and like that's not so wrong. Like we're all, we're all, we're all in this boat together, which we all are, but some struggle and some, uh, some, some submit to the evil. Mm. Um, and so, that is something that I really enjoyed watching is actually, you know, seeing that play out. Um, it's really enjoyable as well. And I, lo- I'm, I think that I think you nailed it with the adoption thing. Anything else that you would want to affirm in the Mandalorian? Yeah, I think there's a, you know, a sense of, you know, watching a show, like thinking outside of it a little bit, like watching the show and like, oh, this is a, like you said, great storytelling. This is a great, like I'm, I'm, I was, I really enjoyed it. And there's a part that I'm enjoying something um, that's kind of beautiful in its own way. That's kind of like, oh, it's giving glory to God because I'm enjoying these things of the earth that are good. Yeah. <clears throat> now, you might not think Star Wars is good, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but I think it's good. So yeah. like, enjoy, Email us. <laughs> yeah. Mikey Puckett, Seven Rivers Yeah. yeah. Um, so just enjoying something good, I think, yeah. is like, I mean, I watched, I think I watched season one with Alexis and it was just, 
it was just we, we got to enjoy something together and that was kind of it's a good thing yeah um culture can be good in a sense too so there's some goodness in great storytelling um yeah i thought it was interesting with specifically the mandalorian uh the main character that you're following uh he's part of a group a subgroup of you know these bounty hunters that is known for being super rule followers like this is the way Mm -hmm. you know and so they are very obedient to this tradition and to this you know so you see that playing out in the story uh that there's a very specific way to be a mandalorian and i would like to affirm that actually that there is a very specific way as a christian to follow um and the way is jesus and is to follow him and that is what we see with the mandalorian is that there's this way now something this kind of brings into what I would push back against too in the storytelling is like you see him fail in following the way, you know, uh, you know, in, in certain scenarios, like he has to wear his helmet. He can't be seen. His face can't be seen, but he lets his face be seen. And so he fails to be, to follow the way, but he does it for his friends. You know what I mean? He does it for, um, you know, people like that. And so, I actually would say I resonate with that because as a follower of Jesus, like I have experienced that legalistic feeling and tradition of like you have to follow every single rule, which is true. You do. You do. If you read the Bible, there is great warnings and consequences if you disobey God's will. And so there's this pressure that you feel when you read scripture and and, and, and you are part of a Christian culture of like, okay, I need to follow all these rules. And, And so you try, but you always find yourself failing at some point. You always find yourself falling short at some point. And so then my question is, what do you do when you fall short, when you fail? Where do you look? And the Christian answer is obviously to Jesus to rescue you, and then you continue to follow him again. But he has to, you know, it's a struggle. It's a fight. It's a battle. There's a piece of the Mandalorian where they are somewhat making fun of the traditions and of the rules and the laws of the way to be a Mandalorian, and they're saying, you know, let those things go away. But I would say, like, we can push back on culture because I think culture says that to us too as Christians is let those things go away. Let it slide. Like, you know, just be gracious or just like, mm-hmm. which is true. Like, we, we offer grace. There's truth to that. But the reason why we have to offer grace is because rules have been broken. Um, and we need to mourn and grieve those rules being broken and mourn and grieve the consequences of those broken rules, which is the death of Jesus, and experience that. Because that's what transforms us because, because we have a relationship with Jesus. Why do we mourn and grieve? Because we don't want Jesus to die. Because we love Jesus. Like We don't want to see that have to happen to God's son because we love God. And so it grieves us and it guilts us and it pushes us. And in some cases, like for me, when I was growing up, it shamed me. And that's kind of what the Mandalorian experience is, shame, which I can resonate with too, is like shame of breaking the rules. It sh- I was shamed actually into following Christ instead of, instead of guilted. And the shame led me to try harder and work harder instead of trust Jesus more. Um, that's what guilt does. Guilt pushes you to trust Jesus more, um, pushes you to rely on more at the cross at the, and, and to resonate, to grieve, and to rejoice at the cross that, yes, Jesus has paid for my sins. Yes, I am covered. I've broken the rules. But you can kind of feel the agenda a little bit of Hollywood in the Mandalorian that's saying like, isn't, aren't rules stupid? Aren't regulations stupid? Aren't, isn't order stupid? Even like the idea of the first order 
is evil, that mm-hmm. they want to bring order to the empire, and they are painted as evil in the story, which is interesting because God is a God of order. God is a God of rules. God is a God of regulations, not rules and regulations to squeeze life out of us and to suck it out of us. That's what the order is. The first order is designed. They're trying to benefit off making everyone submit to themselves. That's not how God works. God does it so for our benefit and for his glory. The rules and regulations are in place so that you can have ultimate life, eternal life, not so that you, not so that it squeezes life out of you, it's but it actually life, gives yeah. you life, the rules and order. So those are like kind of some of the nuances, but it's interesting how Hollywood and the cultural moment, because of sin, because of evil, does twist the storytelling to be like order is bad. You know, we don't want order. You know, first order is evil, but God is a God of order. He's a God of rules and regulations. And so even with the Mandalorian breaking out of order with his tribe and with his kind of his own subculture, he is painted as now he's finally human. Now he's finally a person. Now he's fine. But really, it's quite admirable that he wanted to follow the traditions, not for his own worth, but to remember and to acknowledge who he is. So there's pieces of that. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of like really shotgunning this subject. Yeah, no. But what do you, I mean, you maybe you pick some pieces out of that for us, Jason. And Yeah. I think we see, uh, I think we see Jesus doing two things, right, in the, in the New Testament. We see him, one, pushing back against the Pharisees, this legalistic yeah. um, sense of like order. Like we, we, we see that verse when it talks about, you know, the Pharisees that pray in public, they already receive the reward. You know yeah. I mean? Like this legalistic uh, showing of, holiness um and it's like that's not like what jesus wants and two we see him pursuing like yeah grace and love and mercy but also he kind of through the beatitudes we see him kind of like show us the law and how actually bad we are we really are like you know if you're angry at someone in your heart you've murdered someone Mm. and so this idea of like all right god is pushing back against um legal legalism but also showing us the importance of and how bad we really are and to like th- that should lead us to repentance and to Jesus, which essentially will uh, show us His love and His mercy and His grace because He's done so much for us. And so all that to say is like there's a sense of order which we we kind of like twist and say okay like we want um, we got to obey all the laws or else we're bad. Right. And then Jesus is like no no you're you're very bad no matter what you do and the only your only hope is to put all your chips on, on me. And, um, and so, yeah, so it's, 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 it's strange. It's not what we, we think. Um, but it's beautiful at the same time. And so, um, I think there's glimpses of that in the Mandalorian. Okay. Order could be a really good thing. Like, um, tradition could be a really good thing. It's when we take it and we, we twist it. It's when it becomes like, when it becomes our identity, you know, it's our identity as like, I'm, the most righteous or the most no you're not like you're saying it's your heart is corrupt from the inside out that's the inner conflict struggle that we all face but then there's that other side that's like but at the same time we're still called to follow jesus and part of following jesus is obeying god's will Um, and as we obey we actually usher in god's presence to this earth and to this culture and to this moment we as we obey we make people wrestle with god who are around us uh, because we're living differently. So props to the Mandalorian for living differently. Yeah. He made a lot of people question and wrestle. Um, 
but then he also fails. And so I would say where the storyline falls short is when he fails, what redeems him? They don't really offer that. It's just kind of like, well, let's just make fun of like just his traditions. Like mm-hmm. they're just too serious anyways. Well, no, his traditions come from somewhere. So how, do, how does that get honored? For us as Christians, when we fail, we, we still can be honored by the life, and you know, mm-hmm. death and resurrection of Jesus, which yeah. from start to finish is, is the only reason why we do obey. If you're obeying for your own glory, you know what I mean, then that's sinful. But if you're obeying because you know and, and experience the love of Jesus, and so you can't help but want to do things like him mm-hmm. because you like Jesus, you want to be like him, that's beautiful. Yeah. So, and, and you see... You see, you see elements of that. And so, I mean, that would be kind of like I'm kind of nitpicking and challenging. But I always want to challenge something yeah. in the storytelling. You know, yeah. I want to affirm a bunch of things. I want to challenge things as well and anything that we're doing. So that would be kind of my challenge in the storytelling is like it kind of paints order as bad. It paints obedience as bad. It paints, you know, that picture as evil when actually like that's a part of God is, is order um, and things being done in order um, the way that he meant it to be done and sin is actually disorder so and and people will argue that freedom well americans we we want to be free freedom but you but part of freedom is like well the issue with the idea of freedom is like freedom costs something you know like freedom is not free it costs and in in our case as christians freedom and freedom costs jesus's his life Uh, for us to have freedom from sin and death cost Jesus's life hmm. so like that that you know and understanding the boundaries of that in the sense of like so therefore don't mock Jesus's life you know Paul says this like you know Jesus rescues you from sin and death so should we keep on sinning by no means don't keep on sinning because that's spitting on Jesus like in his it's devaluing actually what he did you know you know follow him you know walk in ways of righteousness um, because he is the way. Walk in following him because he is the way. You're going to fail. You're going to make mistakes, but there's grace. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's some of my thoughts. And I think, a, like, a challenge to those who are listening is to to, to understand the the order that God's trying to create um, is, is to, like, look at how much time you're, like, taking in culture and then look at how much time you're, you're in the Word. So my challenge to you is, are you in the Word right now? Are you in Scripture to kind of give you that base um, of looking at culture too? Um, and and so and to find rest and grace in that Scripture too. So my challenge is, are you, are you in Scripture right now? Are you, if not, I challenge you to be in it. Maybe 10 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, are you reading the Word? So Yeah, and, and coming from a place of, diving in because you want to know Je- you want yeah. to know the way you want yeah. to know Jesus you want to know how to be a Christian you want to know mm-hmm. what it does it look like you want to know the story mm-hmm. you know and that's that's what we long for and that's actually a, that is the sum of, of the story of the Mandalorian wanting to know who he is and wanting to know who Grogu is and that's all of our stories we want to know who we are mm-hmm. um, and so as Christians we are beloved by God children of God so where do we find that we find that in the Bible so dive in, not out of a sense of guilt or shame, but out of a sense of just longing uh, to know your father, mm-hmm. um, to know your dad. Um, so and a little, a little bit of guilt. A little bit. <laughs> just kidding. So that's gonna be it for the culture cast. I'm Mikey Puckett. 
I'm Jason Wade. You matter, and you are lovable through a relationship with Jesus. Oh, wait, quick shout-out before we end. Oh, shout-out to Thank you, Sarah Harris, for letting me use your Disney Plus account so I can watch The Mandalorian. You're awesome. See you next time. Thank you for listening to The Culture Cast, where we engage culture with the gospel. If you have any questions, or maybe you have a song, a favorite song that you would want us to talk about, or a movie, or a Netflix show that we can maybe uh, bring into this, into this uh, podcast, we would love to. So you can reach out to us at srsm at sevenrivers.org. That's srsm at sevenrivers.org. Send us an email, and uh, we'll engage with that content that you offer us, or any questions or concerns that you have. If you also want to find out more about our ministry, Seven Rivers Student Ministry, you can go to sevenrivers.org backslash students. We love you guys. Be